Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's episode of The Legend of Retro. I am Craig WK, and with me is my buddy, The Glitch. Wah, the Glitch. <laughs> I'm <laughs> The Glitch. <laughs> I'm a Wario. I'm gonna win. This week we're doing Virtual Boy Wario Land. Yeah, perhaps one of the, the most awkward titles to a video game, Virtual Boy Wario Land. Was- I mean, it's kind of on the nose. It's on the Virtual Boy. It's a Wario Land game. Yeah. Virtual I mean- Boy Wario Land. It's fair, I guess. Uh, This was indeed released for the Virtual Boy by Nintendo on November 27th, 1995. This platformer takes Mario's rival, Wario, and puts him into the third dimension as he traverses a world of adventure and can even jump into the background. Yeah, I like that this is the first uh, Virtual Boy game that we're doing. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Probably the only one. I mean, I can't see us doing like Mario Tennis or Red Alert or something like that. I could totally talk about Mario Clash. Mario Clash? I, I honestly hear me out. Okay. This is this is a very controversial topic. But I don't think the Virtual Boy was as bad as everyone makes it out to be. I ain't gonna say it's good. I ain't gonna say it's good. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna get on that platform. But I am gonna say don't hate it that bad because it was kinda had some cool games. So I remember the first time I encountered the Virtual Boy, I was uh-huh. at a Toys R Us. Uh-huh. And they had it on display, and you could you could play it. And they had Mario Tennis inside of it. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, "This looks amazing. I want right? one of these so bad." Right. Um. And the thing you said about the Virtual Boy not mm-hmm. being as bad. Honestly, I don't think it's that bad. I own one. It it was pretty cool for the time. Yeah. It was a bit awkward for sure. Uh huh. But it we only had fourteen games for it in North America. So. I mean, you're going to fail no matter what if you only have 14 games. Yeah, it, it was a commercial flop. And and it's kind of, I mean, I'm not going to say that it's like, you know, like, oh, it was ahead of its time. You know, I mean, it, it was a clunky machine that was doomed to fail, which is a shame because this was one of the, I think this was the last project Gunpei Yokoi worked on who created the Game Boy. Yeah. This is like the last project he got. And then after that, he pretty much just like kind of like took the responsibility of, of you know, what had happened and then kind of faded into the background. And, and you know, I don't think he ever officially left Nintendo. Maybe he did. Well, I know uh, he had planned to retire before pr- the project even started. And then he got this project and it didn't go well and he took the responsibility. Well, not so much like, oh, this was so bad, I better retire. It was just kind of like a. I'll help this get out. We'll work on this project, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to retire. So gotcha. it had nothing to do with the sales. It could have been the best-selling system of all time. He still would have retired. I gotcha. Well, and I wish that it would have. I, I wish for his sake, because I mean, you know, he not only did he help make a lot of really great games, but like he's the father of the the Game Boy. Yeah. You know, and and so you like you you want him to have like this swan song going out that's great, and unfortunately, it was the Virtual Boy. Yeah. And yeah, that was really, really unfortunate. But uh, uh, my first experience with uh, this game and Virtual Boy as well uh, was uh, Christmas morning. Uh, So I had asked for the Virtual Boy for Christmas and I got it. And so I got this, uh, uh, of course, Wario Land, Mario Clash. I got Telero Boxer 
and I want to say Mario Tennis as well. It was a very Virtual Boy Christmas for me that year, and I was kind of excited. It was fun. I enjoyed the uh, Virtual Boy. So you know, I I much like every kid who when they first put in the Virtual Boy, you you know you put on the stand, you put your you know eyes into the little like you know. Uh, uh, slots or whatever and then the demon appears and asks if you're willing to trade your vision to play video <laughs> games and you sign the pact forge it in blood and you have a uh you get to play virtual boy and that's why you wear glasses now it is yes i i used to have uh 2020 vision it was i had wonderful vision glitch and and i would make that trade all over again something interesting about the virtual boy is the fact that the the controller held the batteries yeah, that was kind of weird. I, I don't really know entirely why they did it that way. Maybe to kind of cut down on the 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 weight and size of the, uh-huh. the actual, you know, console, I guess is what you would call it. The the eyepiece thing or whatever. Because essentially it's just this little like tiny, like if if it was a little lighter, they could have just put like a strap in a helmet for it. And that was one of the original ideas when they were, you know, developing it was, oh, let's throw a strap on this thing. It could be very portable because that technology was sort of already out. There was already virtual headsets being developed. So that was kind of like one of the ways they wanted mm-hmm. to work it in, but it was just everything was too heavy. So they did the stand. Yeah. Which it, I think was a better better idea anyways. I think with that, I, you would have caused a lot more problems with the headset. Probably. I wish that they had, I wish that they had instead, I, I mean, on one hand, I wish they hadn't necessarily gone in this direction and did like just an uh, like a, a more powerful Game Boy, like they did with the Game Boy Advance. You know, and they would eventually do that. But I, I wish that they had kind of waited a bit on the technology, you know, just to to do it as best as they could because the Virtual Boy just just did not do well for them. I uh, and it's kind of interesting because it's like you you have the you know you're looking through two different screens and they kind of use I. Uh, uh, Oh, what is it specifically called? Uh, like parallax scrolling to like give you the illusion of three dimension or okay. three, third dimension, uh, which essentially is like where, you know, if you there's a, like even some math formulas involved with this, which I'm not going to get into, of course. But like if you walk by a table, the things at the far end of the table are moving slower than the stuff at the front of the table. Like if you're looking at like a long table. And so. Typically in, in video games, you know, you you just you would animate it all going by at the same speed. And so it doesn't look like it's three dimensions. But by using this like parallax scrolling, yeah. you can make the background kind of move a little slower and it kind of gives you that sort of illusion. It's kind of like how a record player works. Like one end of the record spins a lot faster than when you're closer to the to the middle of the record. So it's kind of like that, but it, it's on a you know horizontal line. Kind, yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's, it's instead of a circle, it's a horizontal it's line all, where the background is moving slower, and yeah, it yeah. gives evolution. Um, did you see what the uh, Japanese uh, subtitle was of this game? Oh, it's yeah, it's like a, a treasure hunt in the Awaz, Awazan or yeah, something so like that. This game takes place in the Awazan River, which originally, uh, I will say, do you know what the original name of this game was before it became Wario Land? Oh no! So it was called Wario Cruise. Ooh. And what's funny about that is you do have virtual. Do you have a Virtual Boy still? Do you have like the yeah, box and everything? Yeah, yeah. Well, not the box. No. Okay. On the back of the box, it gives a list of games that are coming out with it, and it says Wario Cruise. Really? And even in a Nintendo Power, it does it has a little article about how Wario Cruise is coming out for the Virtual Boy, and it has like the little description um, of mm-hmm. the game. Huh. 
So it, that was the original name of the title. Wario Cruise. That sounds so much more relaxing than delving into Amazon dungeons. Yep. Amazon. Amazon. Uh, they got to save themselves. No Amazon. Well, is the Amazon really going to sue them? <laughs> I, I just don't see the Amazon rainforest being like, I'm taking you to court, Nintendo. Uh, but uh, I tell you what, though, uh, uh, Glitch, let's uh, uh, talk a bit about the... Uh, I mean, not only the creation of this game, R&D 1 yeah. worked on this, yep. you know. The A-team. Yeah, exactly, you know. Gunpei Yokoi and his team did, uh, uh, you know, the, the Virtual Boy and a bunch of the games for it. R&D 1 had previously done arcade games like Donkey Kong and Mario Brothers, uh, but they also did, uh, like, the Metroid, the Game Boy Mario games, and then even now uh, went on to do Sin and Punishment for the Nintendo 64. Oh, okay. Yeah, Uh Kind of a, a weird cult classic game. I think it's strange that this is the second Wario game, too, I, because this came out before Wario Land 2 on the Game Boy. Uh, yeah, I believe you're right. I think um, Super Mario Land 3, Wario, Wario Land. Land. <laughs> Another stupid title. <laughs> Actually, I think it's the other way around. I think it's called Wario Land. Super Mario Land Super 3. Super Mario Land 3. <laughs> Whatever. It's a dumb title. It's a terrible title. It has nothing to do with Mario, so why is it that even in the subtitle? Because they wanted to bank on Mario's I mean, that's popularity. True. That's true. You know, that's, that's exactly yeah. why. Just throw Mario on anything. I mean Nintendo might as well. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, Legend of Zelda 3. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, Toothbrush Simulator. <laughs> it would sell. I'd buy it. But I I but yeah, so uh the you know, this is the the second Wario game, and at this point, we're we're kind of already aware Wario of Wario's abilities, and he has very similar abilities than he uh, that he did in the uh, uh, Game Boy game. So he can uh, not only jump on enemies like Mario can. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't really have much of a like a run button like Mario does. He charges. He dashes. Yeah, and so you have a dash attack that hits enemies. And then uh, what's also kind of interesting is it almost has like a a Mario 2 element where you can hit a lot of enemies and most of them don't just immediately die. They like get knocked out or whatever. And then you can uh, uh, pick them up and throw them. Yep. You can also pick up items and stuff as you go through these dungeons and whatnot. He also eats a ton of garlic. Does that come up in the Virtual Boy game? Um, I know he loves garlic. Actually, I don't know if it does, but that is one of his things. (laughs) Yeah, he loves garlic. That's his favorite. Ridiculous amount of garlic. Uh, Oh, and then he also has a bunch of hats. Yeah, that's similar to uh, the Mario Land game. So that, yeah, he has the hats. Well, I mean, that is in Wario Land, Super Mario (laughs) Land 3. Uh, where he does have hats too, yeah. Yes, yes, he does. Uh, you get those hats? I do, I do. So he has uh, an eagle hat that lives, uh, lets him do a midair dash, a dragon hat that spits out fire, a bull hat which uh, uh, powers up his charging attack, and then uh, it was listed online, and I don't remember this in the game from when I played it, but it's been a million years since I played it. Uh, was a king dragon hat which combines all three powers. Yeah, so like if you have the eagle hat, and mm-hmm. then you get the crystal, which is the item that gives you the dragon hat, uh-huh. you just get the the king dragon hat. Oh. So it's the combination of the eagle power and the dragon power. Oh, so like okay. if you had one and then got the other power, it just combines them both. I gotcha. I gotcha. I. Uh, 
And so, you know, yeah, that's the the basic premise is uh, Wario has these techniques and then you go through the game. But unlike Mario games where it's just sort of like, hey, get to the end of the goal. Wario's whole gimmick is collecting like coins and getting treasure. Yeah. And, you know, there's like hidden rooms and stuff. Uh, well, it's, which, all, it's all about money to him. All about that money. That's how he's influenced is what's going on. Because essentially the game starts up. He's just relaxing at the Amazon River. <laughs> And he sees these like minions walking around with treasure, and he's like, "Oh, what's going on over there?" And he follows them. Turns out to be a trap, and he falls into this like I don't even know if, what you want to call it, like a cave system. Yeah, it's like a it's like like it, a mine like a mine system. Yeah, it's like an Aztec ruin that's like connected into like underground caverns and yeah. stuff like that. Aztec? Would it be Aztec? Mm, I feel like it would not necessarily be Aztec. Incan? Uh, Mayan? Whatever. Some some <laughs> South American, you know, uh, it, basically like a, a South American flair to these de- like ancient crypts and dungeons and stuff, you know, which which, you know, it looks cool. But let's face it. So many video games just sort of like take Mayan, Incan and Aztec and they're just like that. Ah, just to throw it it's all together. All the same. They're, 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 it's not like they're each individual cultures and worthy of, you know, a, a look individually. Ah, just throw them all together. There's spears fine. flying around. There we go. We're all, we're all set. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. What is that? A big face in the wall? Yeah, uh, roll with it. You know, that's basically how it goes. I, uh, but I, uh, the other, the well, let's face it. The biggest gimmick to this game is Wario in the third dimension, yeah. which is basically just him jumping into the background, which I think is amazingly cool. I, I, I agree. I think that that like you could have done so many dumb gimmicks where like you know, I mean, let's face it. There's a lot of not very good Virtual Boy games. But the games that got it good were games like this, where it's like you don't really need the third dimension, quote unquote, to to make it a good game. It's just Wario can jump into the background and like you see him off in the back and he's smaller and stuff and it just looks cool. And it's, you know, bosses will attack from the background to the f- foreground and, you know, you got to dodge their hits and stuff like that. Yeah, well, have you ever played uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns? Oh, the, yeah, that uses that. It's the exact same thing. And I think it's a great technique and it's really cool. Uh, I, I really wish this game would have come out on the Virtual Console. I would have loved to see, even in all of its black and red glory, uh, all of its hard-to-view glory, I uh, I would have loved to see this re-release. Yeah, or like on the, th- I mean, it would have been perfect for the 3DS. Oh, 3DS, it would have absolutely yeah. been good. You know, then you would have had that, like, you know, the 3D rotoscoping kind uh-huh. of thing going on. I. Uh, but yeah, no, the uh, I, I'm really sad that this is kind of a one of those games sort of lost to time. You know, it's on the Virtual Boy. Nintendo doesn't really put any effort into, you know, like the Virtual Boy anymore. You know, like, you know, the Virtual Console had, you know, games from all their other systems, but it didn't touch Virtual Boy. No. You know, and, and I mean, I kind of get it. It might be a little hard to port and, and you know. Well, they have to essentially remake the entire game. I mean, pretty much, right? I would think. Yeah. I can't imagine any other way to do it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, as far as that goes, though, the, you know, when it comes to the the game, you have, you know, all these really cool kind of, you know, I, I say gimmicks and it kind of is an mm. offhand remark, but it's kind of what it is. You know, these gimmicks where you go into the background and stuff. But uh, but all in all, I mean, the game looks pretty good. You know, the game is, is you know, really uh, pretty. It looks like almost like maybe like a souped up Game Boy game, basically. 
Yeah, it's just, a, I mean, it's got 14 stages, mm-hmm. which I think is, I mean, that's about the average length of a Game Boy game, maybe a little bit longer, because, I mean, even, what, Super Mario Land only had seven levels or something like that? The six, original Mario Land six, was seven, pretty short, levels, yeah, for so. sure. Absolutely. Um, it's got, uh, it's got ten, uh, technically it's got ten stages and four boss fights. Oh, yeah, Which yeah. come out to the 14 levels. It kind of shows you, like, at the end of every level, there's, like, this map that shows, you know, oh, you're climbing up out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Here's level one, two, three, and then a boss. And yeah. Four, five, six, seven, boss. You know? mm-hmm. um, the objective of each level, you're supposed to find this key that's hidden around randomly in the caverns. Yeah. And that's how you exit the level. Because the, the, you can get to the end of the level, but it's locked. Right, yeah. So that's... without the key, you're stuck. Yeah, and that's the the big difference between Mario and Wario games is the, at least early on, you know, maybe not so much later, you know, especially when it's like WarioWare games and stuff. But uh, but early on, yeah, Mar- Mario was different than Wario in that Wario was you know, Wario levels don't care if you get to the end of the, the stage. At that point, they're like, oh, good, great job. You didn't look hard enough, you know, and it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. And then you have to go back through the level and find hidden passages. And, you know, usually it's like using your charge attack to, like, smash into, like, walls or jump into backgrounds at certain points uh-huh. or find hidden, you know, uh, areas where it's like, oh, I, I could have gone left and it doesn't look like you're allowed to, but you are, you know, things like that. Yeah, because, like, the the way to get to the background is there's these blocks they have arrows, and you jump on the block, and it sends you to the background. That's right. So, I mean, you can right. just completely pass those and run to the end of the level, but guess what? You didn't find the key. Hey, dummy, <laughs> you didn't look hard enough, you smelly idiot. Go back there and find them. You smell like garlic, Wario. Get out of here. Garlic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 10 levels that don't have bosses, uh, there are treasures, so you collect 10 treasures throughout your adventure. Yeah. You don't have to collect them. That's actually one of the things that's optional that just... We'll find out later. That gets you the different endings and the points because, you know, this is back when points mattered in video games. Yeah, this this game is all about them points and that money, that yep. Oprah scratch. Um, Did you have, like, a favorite level or anything like that in this game? I, I distinctly remember the first level because I remember, like, uh, especially, like, the first day I got this, like, you know, Christmas morning a million years ago now. I, I remember, like, playing the first level and then I, you know, like, set the game down pick up another game, play it for a bit. And I was just jumping between games. I mean, you, you know? can't, this is, you know, this virtual boy, you can't just sit there for 10 hours staring <laughs> at the red lines. Well, you can, but that's how you lose your vision. That's the pact I made. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Faustian covenant forged in blood. That's why the, the I, I don't know if you know this, uh, uh, Glitch, if you, if you hack your virtual boy to get around that demon pact, uh, it actually is uh, just black and white. It looks red and black because of the blood pack that you make. Your oh, blood is stored. Yes. I got you. It is the agreement that you make, and your blood is stored in the Why virtual did blood. I agree to it. I that was silly of you. Man. You should have just. I mean, I mean, I agreed to it too, so I can't say much. But I. Uh, but no, the uh, I, I the very first level I remember very distinctly because I remember playing it so much. I. Uh, that would probably be my favorite. I, I like some of the later levels, like the. Uh, uh, it has like almost Egyptian style music. Like, you know, that, like, you know, typical theme they use in, like, Egyptian Uh motifs and stuff. But clearly it's not Egyptian. It's Awazanian. Yep. Probably more Mayan, Incan, Aztec, whatever. But uh, but what about you? Did you have uh, a favorite stage? Uh, It wasn't so much the stages. It was the boss fights. Because that really used the 3D aspect. Um, Even in the first one, 
which uh, I think he looks like Spike from the Mario games. Oh, yeah, he does. He does look a lot uh, like him. For you guys that aren't familiar, Spike's the, the monster in Super Mario Bros. 3 who uh, he's like a green guy. He's walking around. All of a sudden, he just like regurgitates this giant spike ball and then <laughs> throws it at you. I love him. It's Those like the same size of his, bo- of his body. Oh, yeah, it's insane. Uh, I love him. This guy kind of looks like him. He, he's essentially on, he's in the background, and he's throwing this giant ball that's attached to his head at you, and you got to jump over it. Mm-hmm. And then after like, you know, four or five throws, he comes over to your side of the screen, and that's when you bop him on the head. Or you charge, dash them, or whatever you know attack you want to do. Yeah. Um, but those all three boss fights. That's not the final boss. It uses that that like something's coming at you. Got to jump out of the way mm-hmm. effect, which I thought was really cool. Oh yeah, they, the boss fights they they did a really good job using that like you know the the 3D background effects or whatever. Uh, they did a really good job with that. And uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about too was even just the enemy design. The, the enemies, I thought, like, you know, there, there were definitely some that are just, like, little, you know, like, little guys with spears or whatever. You know, no big deal there. Uh, but you have the enemies that are, like, especially, like, even on the box, uh, the crocodile head with the wings. I don't remember that one. He's at least on the box. And I, I distinctly remember the the art design okay. of that guy. And the other big one is the uh, the shark. With a Jason mask, and instead of being a swordfish, it's a, a chainsaw fish, so it has a chainsaw <laughs> for a nose. And it's like, that is awesome. That just looks cool. Why haven't they brought that guy back? Uh, I do. I do want, I just thought of another part of the stage that I really liked. Oh, yeah. There's this section where you're like, uh, there's like these bugs, and they're dropping bombs or watermelons, and you gotta c- grab the watermelon and throw it on like this catapult that like goes into the background and hits a button. So you could advance. Oh, I kind of remember. And it that. has like something. It's got like three different sections in that level where you got to like throw it into the background and time it correctly, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh yeah, they they did uh, they did an awesome job with utilizing that background stuff, so that it's not just like up oh, yeah I ran into the background and I I hit an enemy up oh, oh, there we go yeah you know they they did a, a really good job making that kind of stuff clever. But what made me think of that is uh, mm-hmm. you were talking about the character designs. There's a there's like a vine creature. That's in that level. That's like gigantic, and you can't get past it, and it will like chomp at you if you if you try to jump up uh-huh. past it. Yeah, yeah. The the monster design looks pretty cool in this game. The 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 artifacts, the uh, or the art assets, I should say, and you know, like the the sound design. You know, everything is really good about this game. And it's a shame that not all of the Virtual Boy games were as good as Virtual Boy Wario Land, because a lot of the other Virtual Boy games were not very good. And, you know, at least if all the games were good, you know, people could be like, okay, well, we don't like the way this was presented to us, but at least it has a great library. The Virtual Boy has become like a laughing stock because most of its games are yeah. bad and it has this, it's this weird little a, gimmick thing. It's you a know? technology and it just, you know, looking back, it it looks terrible. But I mean, you can say the same thing about the Game Boy. I mean, the Game Boy visually is not that great to look at. There are some games it's that hard look to, okay. It's hard, you know? to, it's hard to play it because of the lighting, but yeah. Yeah, it had a great library. So I think if, other than Wario Land, if it had greater games on the system, more than just 14 games, I right. think it would have done a lot better. That's just It was just the problem of, of getting those games out. It's just mm-hmm. nobody wanted to... Nobody wanted to throw their game on that platform because it, you know, they had to essentially kind of rebuild their games if they wanted to, oh, yeah. to put it on there. Absolutely, and uh, uh, and it's interesting too because like you, when you take a look at like the list of like canceled games for the Virtual Boy, mm-hmm. you know, you you have 
quite a lot of interesting things. You know, there's there's a uh, technically there was a a spinoff of the Shin Megami Tensei Persona games. Really? Kind of. Yeah. The in fact, I think that one actually came out. It was the uh, the one where you're like uh, Jack Frost, uh, the pumpkin guy. It's like that like uh, top down adventure game with like the three like monsters. I'm not familiar with that one. I I'm pretty sure that one actually came out. I. Uh, but uh, but those characters, those little monsters, are monsters from like the Persona and the Shin Megami Tensei series. So you're gonna have like a mini game with those characters. It, it, well, it's it's a it's a like top down adventure game with those monster characters. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so you know you have interesting games like that. But even like the the canceled games, uh, there was a game that came out in uh, Japan. So it wasn't fully canceled. It came out in Japan, you know, but uh, never came to America. It is a horror, a first-person horror game based upon the works of H.P. Lovecraft, which is so weird. There's a, like if you watch the footage online, the monster designs look horrifying. Uh, it's called like uh, 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 I think it's called like Shadow of Innsmouse. It's supposed to be Innsmouth, Innsmouth, uh, but of course in Japan it just didn't really translate fully uh, uh, well or whatever. Uh, so like you know there's there's some really interesting stuff that like we could have gotten a hold yeah. of. I'm I'm thinking now like how great like horror games would have been. The red and black yeah, aesthetic. Like, you got your face right in there. All oh, the yeah. jump scare stuff that comes right at you. Horror games would oh, have man. been awesome on the virtual board. That would have been awesome. Right? You know, like, you know, Tellero Boxers neat, you know, the first person boxing game, you know, you you have uh uh you know, some games that did, you know, a pretty good job of utilizing the the virtual boy for sure. But like horror would have been where it was at. Yeah, because like uh I don't know if you've played the PlayStation VR, they got Resident Evil Seven on there. Is it utterly horrifying? I played a little bit because Jay's got it, and uh, Grim from the Gamezilla podcast, he uh, he let me play it, and man, it's just like, yeah, there's a lot of jump scare stuff, and it's very uneasy. That would have been perfect for the Virtual Boy, like things like that. Uh-huh. Oh, man. That was, yeah, a great missed opportunity. I mean, it was. But, I mean, Japan technically got 22 games, so, I mean, they had, so, yeah, you know, they had quite eight, a few more. eight more games than we did, but, yeah, that would have been awesome. That's a... Huge missed opportunity. It really is. And, you know, and I mean, the thing is, too, is they they pitched the Virtual Boy to a younger crowd. You know, it was like, hey, kids, you're you're going to the third dimension, you know, and they made it like all these hokey commercials for like, you know, younger kids in the 90s. Yeah. And so it really appealed to, to us as kids. But like, let's face it, you know, any adults were looking at that like, oh, this is a dumb gimmick that ain't going anywhere. You know, and sure enough, they were right, you know, and and it, it is a shame because, you know, there is and I'm not going to say that the virtual boy is like like thoughts, oh, a, a gem of a system and I love it. and It's amazing. <laughs> like I like the, the virtual boy, but it is not a very good system. But if they had utilized what it could do better, I think that it would have yeah. that would could have gone uh, uh, some different places for sure. You know, uh, so you you complete the game. Uh, you beat all the bosses. What's the, the final boss fight was a little. Evil, like I don't know. It was very odd for a uh, Nintendo game. The the weird like genie type monster, like, like the demon, huge demon head, like staring you in the face, grabbing at you with his like you know sharp claws. Uh-huh. Yeah, very odd. I think for uh, a Mario series game. It, I mean, I think I would put this under you know subcategory of the Mario series, but I mean, I just think it's odd. Yeah, a, a monster this horrifying really belongs probably in like a Kirby game. Which sounds like I'm making a joke, 
But like some of those Kirby monsters, I are mean, horrifying at the end. Look at Nightmare from the, yeah, Kirby's Lord, Adventure. Lord Nightmare, the uh, the creepy like shadow demon from Beyond Time and Space in Kirby sixty four. Marks, the guy who ma- like makes the wish to become a god. Like there are some really scary Kirby bosses. Yeah, that's true. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah. The but uh, but you're absolutely right. The the weird demon gin guy. Uh, at the end of Wario, uh, yeah, I just named him Demon Head. I don't know what to name him. He didn't really have a name. Uh, uh, he reminded me almost of like a genie, a djinn, or a, uh, something of that nature. You know, this like kind of spectral like form. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, so so Wario like jumps between the background and the foreground because it's almost like he's on like, like giant like drums almost or something. Like he's bouncing back and forth from the, the foreground to the background. Mm-hmm. Over and over again, you have to dodge the hits, hit the enemy, you know, and, and you know, finally you you win. And, you know, because, you know, Virtual Boy Wario Land is is almost impossible to, like, play these days. We're just going to go ahead and spoil the ending. Wario gets on a magic. Well, actually, it depends on how uh, how well you do, right? Yeah, it depends on how many coins you collected, how many treasures you got. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also different. Uh, if you collected all the treasures. You unlock expert mode, which has a couple different, I mean, sort of different endings. Um, there's uh, eight endings in total. Oh, they're that many. Yeah, so uh, you most of them end with Wario, you know, cashing in his coins. Uh-huh. He's got his coin bag. He's walking back to his plane. He's ready to get out of here. And he finds out that beavers have destroyed his plane. And it's funny, too, because, like, as he's walking back to his plane, there's, like, this beaver that runs by holding a propeller. And he kind of looks at him like, yeah, get out of my way. Get out of here, you stupid beaver. And he beaver. walks over, and he sees his plane, and he's shocked. And then so he ends up yelling at the beaver, uh, and he ends up giving his coins in exchange for an object that he's going to, you know, leave with. So depending on how many coins you got, you get a better thing. I gotcha. Um, if you get basically under, so it's called the D ending. If you get under 5,000 coins, you leave with paddles, and you have to, like, flap them with your arms <laughs> to fly away as the credits roll. Well, okay, that's pretty great. Uh, D, uh, so that's DC, um, at least 5,000 under 20,000 coins, mm-hmm. uh, you leave with, like, a bicycle blimp. So he's he pedals around on this bicycle type A little, type a little like, uh, a Zeppelin you have to yeah. pedal? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, that's great. Uh, B is 20,000 under 50,000. Um, you fly on top of a flammy, that flammy, family of prehistoric birds. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 50,000 under 100,000, you ride atop a remote control aircraft. That's pretty cool. Uh, what's considered the S ending, which is all the treasures, uh, you fly away on a magic carpet with a vase. Or uh, like a genie vase. Isn't there also like a bunny girl on the magic carpet? So we'll get to that. Okay. If you beat the game, get all the treasures, uh, and do it under two hours, you fly away on the magic carpet with a vase and a sexy bunny girl. So He's like petting Wario. That's so weird. <laughs> it's very bizarre. Yeah, that's very, very weird. Uh, there's the S ending on Expert, all treasures, over two hours. Fly away on the magic carpet, and there's a genie that's coming out of the vase. And he's kind of like, you know, like waving his arms at you on the screen. Um, And then at the end of the game, if you beat, so this is expert mode, if you beat it at the end credits, it says, you are a master gamer, you rock. 
Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I, I do think so I exciting. <laughs> um, and then S Expert, All Treasures, Under Two Hours. It's the same ending uh, with the bunny girl, but it also has that, you are a master gamer, you rock. But, <laughs> but? Uh, doing it on Under the Two Hours in both settings, mm-hmm. you get Totaka Song. Oh, so that's how you uh, unlock that. If you wait uh, a minute and a half after the credits, it says, uh, you know, the end. You wait a minute and a half, it'll play Tataka's Hidden Song, which is this popular. Or it's not popular, but uh, in most of the games he worked on, he would hide this song. And I know you said you talked about it on Animal Crossings. You've mentioned it in the uh, Link's Awakening episode. Yep, so pretty sure I have. And um, uh, yeah, so uh, just a quick rundown on yeah, that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, uh, Totaka is the uh, composer of the game, which we'll get to in a little bit, of course. We'll go more in depth. But uh, yeah, he he hides this little song, and uh, uh, it's this jingle that is just, you know, it's sprinkled throughout his games. Whether it's in Link's Awakening and the the little, like, you know, the, the guy with all the frogs in his house. Uh, you know, or it's something KK Slider plays in Animal Crossing, you know, whatever the case may be. I think it's it. Most people know it from uh, Mario Paint. Oh, it is in so Mario Paint. It's the well, beginning of course, yeah. title screen. If you click on the O, it'll play Totaka's. Uh, it's like a 19 note uh, melody. Yeah, very simple, but it's very distinct. So when you hear it, it's you know pretty apparent. Uh, but uh, Klitsch, before we go talking about the the you know the composer and everything, yeah. uh, what kind of uh, speed run info do you have on the game? Uh, there's a normal any percent held by uh, VLAC SR, mm-hmm. who beats the game in 18 minutes and 40 seconds. Wow! Yeah, uh, through he doesn't do any skips or anything. You know, he doesn't grab any treasures because it's any percent. Oh sure, sure. Um, but it's just mostly using that uh, eagle charge. Throughout the oh. entire level, it's just he's just charging that and making the right placements. There's nothing you know crazy about the speed run. There's no glitches or anything like that. Hundred uh, percent. It's twenty two minutes fifty two seconds. Same by uh, held by the same person v, uh, VLAC SR. Oh, so it's it the uh, so just getting all the treasures only adds it's like four minutes. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. That getting all the treasures in the game is four minutes long. If you know what you're doing. I mean, because it takes you out of the way. Like, have, have we, um, we mentioned earlier, there's those blocks you got to jump on that take you to the background right, right. and takes you kind of out of the way. I mean, you're essentially ignoring that in the any percent, whereas in the treasures, you got to do that for 10 levels. Well, I just mean that, you know, four minutes is not that long of time. I mean, maybe the speed, of course, in speedrunning world it is, you know, every second counts. But I just mean, like, you know, it, it just seems crazy that it's like you can beat the game without bothering with any treasures in 18 minutes, you know, if you know what you're doing. Or it's, what, 22 minutes? Yeah. Like four more minutes, and then you, you've complete 100%ed the game. Oh, I thought you were saying it was surprising how long. No, oh. no, no. I, I mean, it's 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 just, it like, that doesn't seem like that much time. No, it doesn't. Especially because, yeah. I mean, essentially 10 treasures divided by 10. I mean, you get the, you know. Right. That's not enough time to <laughs> each level to, to go for a treasure. That's, yeah, that's crazy. I, But I, I'll tell you what, uh, Glitch, are you ready to uh, chat about the uh, music for the game? Yeah, the music's actually really good. For uh, for a virtual boy game, yeah. yeah. Let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, uh, hear a word from one of our sponsors, and we'll dive right in. 
Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! All right. So, as we mentioned before, the composer to uh, Virtual Boy Wario Land is Kazumi Totaka, who, of course, should be probably pretty well known if you're a fan of The Legend of Retro. We've mentioned him plenty of times before. Uh, He has worked on Mario Paint, like we mentioned, Wave Race 64, Luigi's Mansion, Animal Crossing. Uh, He did the sound programming for tons of Nintendo games like Link's Awakening. I, uh, you know, among others, and he, yeah, slaps his secret song into uh, the game. Uh, his his music tends to be, I, when I think of Totaka's uh, composing skills, I usually imagine kind of more, kind of mellow music, a little bit more like relaxed. This yeah. game is it's it's a little bit more exciting, of course, because it's like you know an action platformer or whatever with a little bit of like adventure elements. So let's go ahead and actually play that hidden song first, just in case, you know, any of our listeners aren't, you know, uh, very familiar with it. Are you ready for it uh, there, uh, The Glitch? Yeah, let's listen to it. Yeah, that is pretty much it. There's not too much to uh, 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 Totaka song. It's just this little tiny little uh, uh, quick melody. Uh, you know, almost not a very big deal or anything. And if you didn't know, I you would probably just think like, oh, that's kind of weird. Why yeah, does well, that pop up at the ending? What was that I just heard? But it's funny because all the games that he makes, there's a community that's like dedicated to like, oh, th- there hasn't been a Totaka song uh, discovered in this game. We gotta find it. There's something we gotta do in order to, <laughs> yeah. to find out why, you know, no one's discovered this yet. And so there's this this idea that anytime he makes a game, it's gotta be somewhere in, in his in his in, his, in the game hidden. Yeah, and, and I, I don't know that they're in all of his games. No, I, I mean there's a lot are. there's a ton of his games that are listed without it credited, but there's like rumors of, oh, you gotta do this outrageous thing to unlock <laughs> it. That's great. I uh, I tell you what though, let's let's go ahead and play the uh, uh, this is the the title screen music uh, after it shows the little like you know image of Wario in a plane flying off or whatever. This is the music they uh, uh, play. So let's go ahead and give this a listen. Uh, just real quick, the, the the music in the Virtual Boy is almost similar in like kind of uh, almost similar to like the Game Boy's like sound chips almost. Yeah, they're really short songs. What I love though about that is it that's the intro. It is a gr- I, I like it. It's a great tune, but it like makes your ears bleed a little bit because there's just so much going on. <laughs> really, it, it's weird. Totaka, uh, I I don't. I like his his music in this game. I love him as a composer. I feel like 
Virtual Boy Wario Land is not his best work, you know? I, I, I don't know. I think the, the music in this game is great. Yeah, I guess if you... If you were to list off all his songs, yeah, like when I when I think of his music, I think of like you know Mario Paint. I think of like mm-hmm. Animal Crossing. Yeah. I think of this real mellow kind of laid back stuff, and then that comes on. It's like, <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, you know, it's like a siren going off. Uh, but let's go ahead and listen to. Uh, it's, this is actually kind of three themes in one. So we're gonna go ahead and listen to uh, all of them. Uh, this is the mini boss intro, the mini boss battle, and the uh, mini boss defeated theme. Uh, So this is just three themes in one. We're going to go ahead and uh, uh, piece them all together. abruptly kind of cuts off yeah. and it, it's weird because like normally when I think of like boss themes I think like okay the boss theme is the best part but somehow the intro to the boss theme and the boss's like defeated theme are some of the best parts of it what's cool about the intro is in the game you're jumping into the room on one of those springboards and it's like these big doors that are opening so the screen kind of shrinks a little bit when you mm-hmm. jump in and it just widens up and that's yeah. what that dun 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 dun. That's uh, like the, the door is opening. opening. Yeah. yeah, the screen getting wider. Uh, the song that plays after you, there's like this waterfall of coins that are coming from the top of the screen, and you got to collect as many coins as possible. Sure, so it's sure. kind of like a like almost like a mini game that that happens after the boss fight. That theme of him picking up the coins after the boss fight, I'm pretty sure is almost lifted directly from uh, the Game Boy Wario Land. Oh, I think it's it's there's a theme very reminiscent very to similar. it in there. Yeah. OK. Uh, and Totaka. Would I mean, have, it was the composer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. You, you do know? whatever he wants. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, 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 the final theme we're going to go ahead and play for you. This is one of the level themes. Uh, you know, we wanted to you know choose one that's kind of you know a theme you hear throughout the game. But this is a later level in the game. This is uh, uh, kind of uh, when you're going through like the ruins and stuff. This is uh, what's known as level theme six. So let's give it a listen. Yay. basic you know yeah nothing, standard 
Yeah, pretty pretty uh, basic level theme and whatnot. But I like that. Uh, uh, weird that it has like the Egyptian flair to it. <laughs> of course but, it you does. Know, yeah, I don't think they know what they're doing. I was on river, so you got to have the <laughs> an Egyptian theme. I don't yeah, know. I. So yeah, that's the the music for the game. It's you know the Virtual Boy isn't known for having like an amazing sound chip no. and having games with like tons of great music, uh, and I don't know if it's just they they didn't really you know take the time to like delve into what that sound chip could do because you know we got fourteen games and then it was by then it was already canceled and you know. We never saw what the Virtual Boy could do. I would love to see somebody playing around with the soundboard to a Virtual yeah, Boy. Yeah, like really maximize what you could do. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of the platforms, kind of like how you were saying, Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, like, it had a life cycle where people were like, oh, I can do this. Oh, yeah. Let's face it. The the first games that come out on each of those systems usually weren't the games that had the very best soundtracks of all time, which isn't to say they were bad. You know, I mean, there were definitely early Sega games and early uh uh, Super Nintendo games that did a great job, but like you know, by the end of the system, they knew what they were doing, mm-hmm. you know. And so, I, I would have liked to see something like that for uh, uh, Virtual Boy Wario Land. It's uh, kind of a kind of a shame that it, it's sort of just kind of lost to the ages at this point. You know, it's it's a, it's a game that I don't see Nintendo ever re-releasing. I don't see them ever playing around with the Virtual Boy on. You know, I don't see them slapping on the Switches online. You know, so I don't know. So like the last thing I can say about this game, I, I I would love to see a remake of this. Oh, sure. I think it would be fantastic. Very well. You know, it's a great game. It's got really cool aspects. Um, But yeah, like, I don't know. It, they'd have to rebuild it. So yeah. they did that with Link's Awakening, which was it, that was a big game on the Game Boy. This is Virtual Boy. Are they going to do it? it? Happening, no. I really don't, yeah. Yeah, I do not see it happening. I'd love to, you know. I mean, there, there's definitely some games on the virtual. I, w- I would like to see something, maybe not necessarily like as grand as... The Virtual as, Boy Mini. I mean, I'd make that <laughs> packed all over again. Absolutely in a heartbeat. Uh, but I, but no, the the I would love to see like a... a you know, like Virtual Boy Collection that has like, you know, Wario, uh, Wario Land... Mario Clash, yeah. Telero Boxer, you know, some of the, the bigger games that actually were pretty decent on the, you know, uh, Virtual Boy, and see them coming out on, like, you know, a redone, you know, little mini collection or something. You know, yeah, Nintendo can sell it for, you know, 50 bucks or whatever, make some money off the, the, the remains of the Virtual Boy, you know, whatever it takes. But I don't see them doing it because it yeah. would require a lot of work. That's the shame. Yeah, it, it really is. I uh, kind of a almost a sadder note to go out on, but I tell you what, uh, let's let's go ahead and uh, jump on into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro podcast. Retro relapse. So today mm-hmm. we're going over an NES game that. Uh, I believe it was Xander who picked this one. I, I busted out my Nintendo Classic, uh-huh. NES Classic. Obviously, it's modded, <laughs> but right. Uh, we played a game called Defenders of Dynatron City. Yeah, this was kind of. I think this was chosen on a whim. I uh, I almost thought you had chosen it, but maybe you didn't. And uh, yeah, this is like a Lucas Arts. Game, Lucasfilm games, what and you they can, called it back then. You can tell just by the music. 
that yes. it's all Lucas Arts because it, it's very reminiscent of like Maniac Mansion. Maniac Mansion, yeah, yeah, very similar to that. I uh, it was it was a very interesting game. So I I, I feel. Defenders of Dinatron City is worth at least a look because of just how just interesting it is. You have uh, a team of superheroes that are trying to fight robots and like defend this city or whatever, but you have this ridiculous cast of characters. You have like Miss Megawatt, Jet Headstrong, Buzzsaw Girl, Toolbox, Monkey Kid, Radium Dog. You can play as a monkey. A super-powered monkey that throws super bananas. There was a guy with a hammer for a head. Mm-hmm. That you guys played as. I think that was Toolbox. Was that Toolbox? I think that was Toolbox. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was Toolbox. Uh, buzzsaw girl, like a girl with like a, a buzzsaw on her stomach or whatever? No, it was like a wheel. Like she had a... That's how she traveled. Oh, It was like her legs right. were a wheel. That's right. Uh, and then she used so to do like weird. discs at you. <laughs> you were saying like it was AOL and uh, online discs. Yeah, well, that's right. Uh and what's crazy too is that this was originally a cartoon special. Oh, or, really? Yeah, this was a, 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 a cartoon special where, like, you know, some decent names uh, were involved. Miss Megawatt was voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. You know, you have uh, 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 Pat Fraley was Jet Headstrong. Uh, uh, Candy Milo was Buzzsaw Girl. David Coburn was Toolbox. Uh, Monkey Kid was Brian Stokes Mitchell, and Radium Dog was, I don't know, presumably, uh, uh, you know, what's his name, who does every animal voice ever? Frank Welker. Yeah, Frank Welker. Yeah, I presume, you know, just because every <laughs> animal, yeah, has been done by him. But yeah, it looks like uh, Christopher Walken and Tim Curry also did voices. Oh, yeah, yeah, it looks like it. Christopher Walken, uh, uh, Tim Curry, which, I mean, you know, you can't go wrong with Tim Curry. His voice is amazing. How did they get those that cast? Well, it looks like it was slapped on Fox Kids, so Fox would have been involved throwing money at it. Yeah. Uh, even Marvel Comics released uh, six issues of a comic book adaptation. Uh, uh, so they tried to make this into yeah. something, and it did not go no, anywhere. And the game is uh, clunky because of the map. The map was a little confusing. Chops yeah. had a really hard time with the map. Chops has a hard time with lots of things, but yeah, that map even I had a hard time. Yeah, it was with. a little weird because I mean, you're, it has like a compass that shows you north, south, east, west. But the problem is, you know, you're you're going in all different directions, and you got to try to find what street the the robots are on and defeat them. And I'm so mad because you guys were on the last street. <laughs> then I think so. Who was it that died? Was uh, it a uh, Chops I think blew it, up or something? Maybe I don't know, but I don't remember. You, I, oh. I, I, not that I did that. It looked fun game. though. I mean, honestly, it's a game I'll probably pick up and play again. It's a little clunky, but yeah, it, it wasn't bad. It, it wasn't great. It's this weird gray area where it's almost more interesting than it is fun, mm-hmm. but it's still like not unfun. I'd like to see what would have happened after that level because. For all we know, there could have been like another aspect of the game that's completely different than just like a beat 'em up. Oh yeah, it, that that could very well. I mean, I, I doubt it. I'm sure it's probably yeah, just it. more of the same. But yeah, that would have absolutely been not uh, interesting. So, as far as that goes, uh, glitch. What uh, what do you uh, give it on uh, the eight bit scale? Do you think? You know what? I'm gonna give this a five. A five. Yeah. I was gonna I liked, say I liked the cast of characters. I like how different everybody was. Mm-hmm. And kind of like how uh, the original Turtles game is, you could swap in between characters. Yeah. You know, because if someone was running low on health, you could be like, oh, I don't want them to die. I'll switch out to, you know, Buzzsaw Girl. So I thought that was pretty cool. I'm 
honestly, I would have rated this a little lower because I felt it was a little clunky. I didn't feel like the controls were that great, which is a, a big sticking point for me. Uh, but I am still going to give it a four out of eight because even if I feel like the controls bring it down a little bit, I felt like it's not only interesting enough, you know, to be worth checking out. Boy, got monkey kid. <laughs> Robot monkeys. How amazing is that? Yeah, the actually, I don't know if he was a robot. He he might have been a space monkey for all I know. He was blue, so yeah, I don't you know. know. He was throwing something. It could have been poo for all we know. Banana shaped poo. Banana shaped poo. Man, I didn't know. I, well, he's a space monkey. I mean, so it, I'll, he's I'll eating bananas. So I mean, if it's gonna come out any shape, I guess it would be banana. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. That's not how it works. I don't think. I, I hope that's not how it works. Oh, I gotta go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Oh man! Every time I eat pizza, yeah, never mind. I uh, gotta stop eating spaghetti. <laughs> that's enough out of you, glitch. All right, I tell you what, though, uh, glitch. I, I, let's go ahead and jump on into our music bracket. Yeah, character theme music bracket. We're round two. Yeah, we're on round two. It's getting intense. Yeah, this is exciting. So, so this is probably one of the most interesting oh, yeah. matchups that we could possibly have. This How it happened, I don't know. Worked out perfectly. So, what we have today is, and I think that's this has actually happened before, where it's the same composer going up against one another, uh-huh. but not in the same game. So, what we have is from Street Fighter Two. Uh, which is composed by Yoko Shimomura and Isao Abe. We have both the theme of the boxer, Balrog. Yeah. Or M. Uh, M. M. Bison, Bison yeah. otherwise, as he's actually known as in you know Japan or whatever, going up, up against Guile. And what's interesting is we have two different systems as well, giving us a different sound. So uh, for the theme of Balrog or the boxer, uh, which is what we're going to listen to first, uh, it is on the Super Nintendo. So this has, of course, a different sound than the second Genesis does. But let's go ahead and give this uh, a listen to first. Is. So this is an awesome theme. Great. This is going to be a real tough one. This really is because 
what uh, Bullrock, or the boxer, M. Bison, however you want to refer to him, is going against is Guile's theme, but on the Sega Genesis. And it's got a different sound. Yeah, this is the uh, special champion- championship edition. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Uh, now, the... Uh, the sound chip for the Sega Genesis we've talked about before on on the Legend of Retro. Even earlier today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, notorious for sometimes sounding really crummy, but other times really being amazing. And this is a, an example of, of uh, them really pulling out all the stops for uh, uh, using the Sega Genesis' sound chip. And so let's go ahead and give this guy a listen. So good, yeah, very iconic. That song gets you so pumped too. Like, it, I'm a big guy. I feel like I'm gonna go outside and go jogging right now. <laughs> very, uh, it's very rocky soundtrack esque. Yeah, it definitely gives you that like you know pumped up vibe. Really, a lot of the the Street Fighter soundtrack does a very good job of that. But I think Guile's theme, above and beyond all others, maybe with the exception of like maybe Ken's theme or something, uh, really gets you pumped yeah. up. Uh, so tell everyone how we can uh, how they can vote. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a ton of options for voting. You actually have four ways to vote. So not only do we post this on our Facebook page, uh, you know, you can vote there. You can vote on our Twitter account. 
You can also go ahead and jump on our Discord if you're a member there. You can find the link on GameZillaMedia.com. You know, join us, chat about uh, retro video games with us. Uh, let us know how you felt about this episode, and uh, you know, you, we have those weekly votes, of course. Uh, but there's also a fourth way to vote. If you're a member of our Patreon page, you also get a vote there every week, and uh, our Patreon page is. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Now, on top of that, not only do you get access to our Retro Relapse videos early, but you also get our monthly show, Game Shark. Uh, we release that uh, for uh, patrons of the $5 tier. Uh, so if you're interested in supporting the show, you get a monthly show. Uh, you get you know extra vote, early access to videos that we put out. Yeah, and mm -hmm. uh, you at the $5 point or at any point, you get access to all the shows on the GameZilla Media Network. Yes. So not only do you get our retro, our, um, early access retro relapse, you get our Game Shark episode. You also will get their early, uh, the monthly episodes for Noiseland Arcade, which is our Simpsons podcast. Mm -hmm. You'll get the behind the DM screen, which is for our Noobs and Dragons D and D podcast. Love those two shows. Yeah, those are great shows. Uh, <laughs> you'll get uh, the GameZilla Media podcast special episode. And the, uh, I'm trying to think of what it's called, but it's the Last, Last Action, Action podcast. podcast Show. Oh, what did they call it? They just recently named it. Yeah, it's, they renamed it. It's the it's like uh, credit roll or something. It's the the post credits uh, post credit scene. That's or whatever. it. Post credit scene. Yeah, they uh, uh, just recently uh, gave it a fancy uh, name, which is exciting. But uh, yeah, you get all this bonus content, and you know all those shows have you know extra stuff that they're putting on you know Patreon here and there as well, of course. But uh, uh, I mean, it's definitely all about that five dollar tier to get you all this bonus shows every month, you know, yeah. hours and hours of bonus content, and uh, you know. If, if you want to support the show, you know, that's a great way to do it because it gets you, you know, all this bonus content that, you know, gives you something to listen to and enjoy. Uh, but uh, when it comes to the Legend of Retro's Game Shark show that we do every month, uh, this month, which will be coming, I believe, next, a week after this episode airs, if you're a member of our Patreon page, you're going to be able to listen to a special where The Glitch and I talk about video games that we wish had toy yeah. series when we were a kid. Uh, so we're going to go super nostalgic, dive into the late 80s and the early 90s. Uh, so go ahead and make sure to uh, join our Patreon to get access to that. Uh, but uh, aside from that, though, uh, Glitch, I, uh, I think it's time for us to uh, sign off. Now we're going to get ourselves some garlic. We'll see you all next time when the legend continues. continues.